Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Before I bring on Spurs guard Brandon Paul, I wanted to take a few moments to discuss some important things. First, I've launched a brand new culture and politics podcast called Can You Hear Me Shaking My Head? I know some of you may want to avoid hearing any political talk at all, but I've been bringing on writers of hit TV shows as well to talk about their process, and the discussions have been really cool. Episode 1 was with Ben Wexler, who's written on such critically acclaimed shows as Arrested Development and Community, and was the showrunner on The Comedians, starring Billy Crystal and Josh Gad. He shared one of his favorite moments from that show with me. My favorite line from that episode is, uh, and this was something I'm, I'm proud to say that I, I did write, uh, they're, they're sitting on the floor and they're eating huge tubs of ice cream and Josh just looks at Billy who, and they haven't had a very good relationship to this point in the show. And he says, um, they're super high. And Josh just goes, I'm, I'm scared of you. And Billy goes, yeah, I get that. And then they just break up laughing. And it was just, <laughs> it was, it was so, uh, it was just so great. And it played exactly how I hoped it would. And it was, yeah, that was, that was a really fun episode. But people seem to like that one a lot. Episode two was with Jared Yates Sexton, author of a fantastic book about covering the Trump campaign called The People Are Going to Rise Like the Waters Upon Your Shore. And we got into a fascinating discussion of how the Trump mindset evolved into what it is today. And so what we're looking at is a, is a group of people who unfortunately have been in this bubble or behind this wall for a lot longer than I, I think we'd like to admit. And, and we're just now seeing the, the real consequences of that. Today's episode was with The Daily Show's Ronnie Chang, a guy who I've known since the early days of B-Ball Breakdown when he'd call into my primitive live shows back in 2011. We had a great talk about his experiences as a stand-up and a correspondent on The Daily Show. Plus, we dove into the recent sexual harassment epidemic that is currently plaguing so many famous people right now. Well, I mean, how about this? You know, you, you've done these shows and they're well-crafted and they're written and they're ready to go. Have you ever bombed a joke when you're on stage? Yeah, I bomb all the time. But I don't bomb. I, I don't. I've never bombed so hard I sexually harass them. <laughs> like, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like this, this idea that I, I just, I don't buy it. You know, I think that I, 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 I under, I'm, look, man, I, I'm a guy. I, I get the, the kind of surface level concern. That people are like, they're coming for everybody now, we can't say anything. But I just don't, I don't buy it, I can't buy that because I know plenty of dudes who don't, we, I don't, we know, most people I think don't sexually harass. So if you're, if you're going, if you're worried about it, then maybe you shouldn't be, you know, trying to flirt in an office environment then. Maybe just yeah. fucking don't. You know, well, maybe try to be, yeah, just try to be a good person, try to be friends first. I don't know. I don't know what the, look, it, it, there's no black and white answer here, but yeah, I, 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 I cannot accept the answer that now we can't do anything because everything is sexual harassment. Like, there, right. there's things you can do. Don't do it, you know. Just don't, don't be that guy who's trying to pick up in the office. And next week, I bring in Alex Barnow the showrunner for the hilarious hit comedy, The Goldbergs. And we discussed his career, how he got there, and how things have to fall in place just right to make a hit show. Somebody came to us, a producer came to us and said, I have Matthew Perry. <laughs> like, he's ready to go back to TV. Do you want to do a show with him? And like, yeah, because like anything else, like it's star-driven. Like anything else, like, um, you know, these, 
you're up, you get very few of these opportunities to get shows on TV, and you want to work with people that can get you, you know, on network on a network schedule. I'd really appreciate it if you popped your head over to the podcast and gave it a listen. Again, it's called "Can You Hear Me Shaking My Head," and it's definitely a different version of me you haven't heard. And I think you'll find it equally entertaining and insightful. I also want to take a minute to discuss something that's been bugging me all weekend. I imagine most of you have had a chance to see the footage of Contavious Caldwell Pope of the Lakers getting into a minor skirmish with Suns guard Tyler Eulis. And what you also would have seen was Lonzo Ball looking in their direction and then continuing to walk to the bench for the timeout, instead of rushing into his teammates' defense. A lot of people wanted to criticize him for not having his teammates back and not being a leader. But I also think that guys rushing into a skirmish can quickly escalate things needlessly. And we've seen instances where players can get hurt that way, or at the very least, earn their team a technical foul. I do think the player's attitude towards their teammate would directly inform how they feel about someone walking away like that. Head coach Luke Walden was asked about exactly that, and here's what he said. Yeah, in which we don't, I don't really care about the, how that looks because um, our guys love Zoe. He's the type of type of rookie, you know, it's, he's one of the, the few rookies I've ever seen that everybody just is kind of drawn towards him, vets, everyone ha- you know, really wants him to succeed. Uh, they all love playing with, with his group, whether it's practice or the game. Um, so I think they all know that what that looked like isn't what Zoe is about and isn't uh, symbolizing what his feelings are on, on the uh, on that type of situation. Uh, so uh, I know the, the general public in the, in the internet world likes to do what they do, but it, it didn't really affect our team at all because they know who Zoe is and they know what he's about. Fights in today's NBA aren't much of a thing at all. The league has done a good job cracking down on it to the point where no one is willing to risk the severe penalties that exist to get into a fight. And it seems clear that Lonzo is a team-first, share-the-ball kind of player that everyone would love playing with, so he's earned some leeway here. I don't really like the notion of being a tough guy, especially if it's not in your nature, and the fake tough guy is something even worse. I think much of the hate towards Lonzo is generated because of his dad, which is really too bad. And Lonzo's struggles have seemed to stir a lot of people up, almost happy to see him perform poorly and already wanting to label him a bust. I was glad to see him notch his second triple-double of the season last night, and I think it's just a matter of time until he consistently plays with confidence and teaches his body what he needs to do to score better simply by getting more and more minutes and experience. The guy is only 20 years old. He's got plenty of time. And I've already seen plenty of flashes on both ends of the floor to indicate to me that he's something special. If you don't agree or want to discuss further, don't hesitate to jump onto Twitter and mention me. After all, as you well know, B-Ball Breakdown isn't a channel, it's a conversation. You in? How did Brandon Paul make it to the NBA as a 26-year-old rookie? What did he learn along the way that kept him on that path? Did his time in Europe help him improve to get to the next level? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, 
sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today, I'm pleased to bring on the show Brandon Paul of the San Antonio Spurs uh, to talk a little bit about his career and how he was able to get to San Antonio. So, Brandon, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, glad to have you. Glad to be able to watch you doing what you're doing on the court this year. And, you know, it's an interesting uh, journey you've had because, you know, as a rookie, let's see, you're, you're a 26-year-old rookie. And mm-hmm. so that means that there must be some stories uh, between when you graduated and when you didn't. Uh, my first question, I think, to you is you played four years in Illinois. Do you feel like simply playing four years at a D1 college is a stigma that kind of makes NBA teams not want to draft you just because of that? Um, you know what? I'm not sure if I can answer that accurately, but uh, I, I definitely think the NBA loves new and, and younger talent. And that, that kind of makes guys want to want to skip the college process a bit, but you know, that wasn't really what I wanted to do. Uh, I enjoyed all four years of college. If I can, if I can go back, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I, I made a lot of different relationships and friendships that I, that I keep to this day. And, you know, obviously on the court, I was able to accomplish a lot of different things. Um, are you, the, when you say that you're the same player skill wise from the time you graduated college till now, or are you significantly better? Uh, absolutely not. I think I w- I'm, I'm a lot better, you know, not only from a physical aspect, but from a mental aspect. And uh, my maturity level has definitely increased since my college days. And my basketball IQ continues to increase uh, each day that I play with this organization. So, you know, going from, you know, a kid coming in from uh, uh, north suburb of Chicago playing Big Ten basketball, now being a, a member of the San Antonio Spurs, I would say it's a lot better and a lot different. Well, it's great. To, you know, I'm from Chicago as well. I went to Wisconsin. I hope you don't hold that against me, but certainly uh, yeah, Big Ten, we got that going. So <laughs> that's good stuff. Let me ask you this. Uh, how easy was it for you to pick up the Spurs offense? Um, I would say I wouldn't say it was easy, but at the same time, it's not, you know, rocket science. You know, it's it's pretty simple things that Coach Pop and the staff try to instill in you. And as long as you listen and you buy in, you're going to give yourself a chance and uh you continue to learn each game and it gets simpler and simpler. And the more film you watch, the more breakdown you do, it's, it'll, uh, it'll slow things down for you and uh, you'll put yourself in position to be successful. Sure. Now, did, when they were teaching this stuff, do they break it down into parts where they show you like a little bit like that two or three man part of the offense, or are they just doing five on zero and just throwing you out there? It really depends on how far we are, you know, maybe early on, like training camp, they do a little bit more teaching, but as Excuse me. As the season progresses, um, it's you don't have as much time and as much, uh, you know, practice time availability with all the games to kind of break down individually. So you got to make sure you're locked in, you're focused in and you just ask questions if you're ever confused. You know, we have a lot of vets and they do a good job of uh, making sure we're on the same page. And another way to make sure your face and your razor are on the same page is by using Harry's razors. Harry's was founded by two guys named Andy and Jeff. And I know what you're thinking. Why the heck did they name the company Harry's? Well, then I realized, what are you doing when you shave? You're making yourself less hairy. Get it? Jeff and Andy liked me so much, they decided to give everyone here their free trial kit if you visit harrys.com slash coach Nick. It comes with a cover rich lathering shave gel, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, and an awesome handle that is weighted and ergonomically designed. 
I too use Harry's razors, and I can't decide if my favorite part is how the handle feels in my hand or how their shaving gel soothes my skin. It's by far the best razor I've ever used. So head over to harrys.com slash coachnick now and your face will be as smooth as Brandon Paul's elite three-point shooting. And so do you end up having like a special relationship with one of the assistants who like ends up working with you more than others or does it kind of by committee for them? Um, you know, a lot of guys take other guys under their wings. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have a couple of different coaches kind of bring me in and, and just help me throughout the process. And, you know, I, I really just try to focus on making sure I'm on the same page as them so that when I go in the game, I don't make, you know, little mistakes that's going to make Pop, you know, lose any type of trust in me. So, you know, just, just making sure that uh, I watch, that I'm coachable. It's, those are things that are keep me on the floor. Now, before the season started, did you already have a sense that you were going to get, you know, 14, 15 minutes a game or more uh, at, you know, from the from the beginning? Uh, not at all. You know, I was obviously ready to play five minutes to 25 minutes, whatever, you know, I was given. And and I think the staff knows that I'll be ready whenever my number's called. And that's that's part of why they have so much trust in me right now. And, you know, I, there's there's things that I still got to learn out there. There's things that I got to get better with. And uh, it's just it's a, it's a learning process, but I'm in, I'm enjoying it right now. So, like, before the season started, the day before, whatever, they didn't come to you and say, oh, we're going to put you in this slot here that Patty Mills used to play in or whatever. That, that wasn't clear, like, wasn't said to you. No, not at all. You know, I don't think that's – a lot of that's going to happen, you know, especially now with this organization. You just kind of – got to be ready whenever your number's called. You know, there, there's injuries. It's a long season. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you, as long as you're focused and locked in, you're going to be ready when your number's called. Sure. Have you have you yet to uh, to feel the wrath of uh, Coach Popovich yet in a game? Yeah, you know he's he's definitely got after me a couple of times, and uh, it's definitely well warranted. So you know you just got to take those as as learning moments, and you know understand what he's yelling you yelling at you about, so you can make sure you can correct it. And you know a, a big thing about that is he doesn't like uh, repeated you know mm-hmm. uh, mess ups. So you just want to make sure you don't you don't repeat the same mistakes. Now, I have to imagine, you know, he's part of the Positive Coaching Alliance to some degree, and, and I feel like, where does he rank as far as, you know, um, how vociferous he is at yelling at you compared to, like, other coaches you've had in the past? Well, um, I came from Europe, so I, I'm, I'm used to being yelled at every single play, you oh, know, wow. regardless of it, whether, it was not, whether it was my fault or not. So I, I think Coach Pop is great. I think the staff is great. You know, I, I've always I've been getting cussed out since I was in high school, so I'm I don't mind it at all. But uh, you know, wow. it's definitely a lot less at this level. You know, I think you'd be you're treated more as a professional and as an adult more than you know things that I've seen as far as playing in Europe. That's interesting. So you feel like the European coaches are a lot more like yellers and screamers? Yeah, for sure. And if you watch, you know, different games and different coaching styles, not every coach overseas is the same, but. A lot of them are kind of that's just, you know, I guess what that's what they know. So, you know, you can't really say too much about it. You just kind of kind of take it in stride. Right. I mean, I think you would agree because I I used to sort of be that way, too, uh, at my level. But I I feel like, you know, in order to get the the best out of your players or in order for you to play your best, you should be in a positive frame of mind. Doesn't that seem to make sense to everybody? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, at the same time, you got to be coachable. You got to be an adult about it. Some guys, you know, depending on whether you're in high school and college, some coaches know that they can coach certain guys certain ways and, you know, other guys in a different way. But when you get to this level, um, you, you kind of just got to you got to be a professional. You know, if you if you get cussed out, you get cussed out. If, you, if someone comes to talk to you on the side, 
you know, they're, they're trying to get you better. I don't think, I don't think any coaches is out here trying to embarrass anybody. So you just, you just gotta, you, you kind of just gotta be a doll at this point. Well, you know, you're shooting uh, about 44% from three this year, and it's as high as you've had in any of your pro uh, career up until now. Is there any kind of explanation as to why you're just stroking it so well now? No, you know, I, I kind of do the same thing. You know, I make sure I stay, stay in the gym, get extra shots up, and I think my shot selection uh, has, has continued to improve ever since my college career. I think my college career was a little bit more, I had a little bit more of the green light, but at the same time, I, I could have done a better job choosing my shots and now with this system, I know that I don't have to go in and, and be a home run guy every time. I just got to be able to, to guard and, and, and make the open shot. So when you're training and you're, you're getting your extra shots, in my, my idea of what the Spurs system is, is that they know ahead of time exactly the shots that you're going to get in the offense, and that's what you're going to work on. Does it feel that structured to you where you're not just going to go in the gym and for an hour and just kind of shoot a bunch of threes? You're gonna, you know exactly which ones you need to work on? Yeah, I think so. You know, they do a great job of making sure they that they tailor the workouts towards your game and, and what your role to the team is. You know, obviously they're not going to have me out there doing uh, jump hooks with uh, power, Lamarcus or anything like that. But, you know, they definitely do a good job making sure guys know the roles. And it's also, you know, our job to go in on our own time and, and get our own shots up as well. Well, did you ever post up? That's not a bad idea. You know, a jump hook every now and then, maybe a smaller defender. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do post up uh, drills in the summer with my trainer and my guys back home. And uh, obviously, if, if, there's, if there's a situation where I need to post up, I think I'll be you know ready for it. But at this point in my career, I, I'm not sure if Pop's going to call a play for me to, to put me on the block. <laughs> right. OK, well, you never know. So glad, glad that you're ready. Uh, in 2013, you, you didn't get drafted, but you played in the summer league. Um, did that for the Timberwolves. Did it feel like that was a legitimate tryout in, uh, to make the team, or were you simply just trying to showcase for Europe? What was that experience like? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't get much time in that time. I think I played maybe six or seven minutes a game, so I wasn't able to, to do as much as I wanted. But at the same time, in those six or seven minutes, I made sure I brought it every minute, and I think that helped me land my first gig in Russia, which was a, a pretty, pretty nice pay for a, a rookie coming out of college. Um, but, you know, I, I tried to take every summer league uh, for what it was worth. And I like to buy all of my flowers for what they're worth. And there's no better deal out there than going to proflowers.com. Believe it or not, I'm obsessed with horticulture. And I love when the vivid colors of a floral arrangement light up my dining room. I couldn't get over how long my bouquet from Pro Flowers stayed fresh. And they're guaranteed to last for at least seven days. You still have plenty of time for your Thanksgiving flower needs. And they've got amazing deals on all sorts of Turkey Day related arrangements. And you can't lose since you'll get 20% off any order of $29 or more by using my code BBALL at checkout. Pro Flowers gives you more bloom for your buck. See what I did there? Big, beautiful flowers more stems for your money, and long-lasting freshness. So click on proflowers.com, get some mums or a harvest centerpiece for the table, and use my code BBALL to save 20% off your order of $29 or more. Uh, you went to Russia, and you played there for one year in Russia? I was out there for six months before I returned. Okay, so let's walk us through that. So you did six months. Uh, did you play well there? I didn't play as much as, as I wanted to out there. It wasn't the best situation for me. You know, I, I don't think that 
I was being utilized as much as I could have been out there. So I ended up getting myself out of that situation, and okay. uh, that's when I returned to the D-League for the first time. Aha. Uh-huh. So the D-League, um, when, you, when you played for the D-League, um, did you feel, was that like a depressing thing, or was that like I'm keeping my mind down, my, my head down, I'm going to keep working, I'm going to get to get where I want to go? Yeah, it was definitely just another opportunity. Um, unfortunately, it was cut short after two games because I had gotten injured. But uh, coming back and uh, getting injured in the summer, it kind of ruined my chance for summer league that summer. And I and I returned to the D League, and I, you know, being with the Canton Charge with the with the Cavaliers D League affiliate team, I, I felt I had a great opportunity. I had a really good year. I had coaches that were they were really a part of the uh, development process, and uh, and I definitely think I learned and I got a lot of better in that. That's well. That that is good to hear. And then, so then you went back to Europe though, and you played. Um, certainly, you played a, a whole season um, in ACB. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at that, so which team were you playing there? I was with a team called uh, Juventud Badalona, which is now a different name, but uh, <laughs> team based out of Badalona, which is about eight minutes outside of Barcelona. Uh, they're in the Spanish league. You know, we we play all the top teams in the Spanish league. It's a great league. It's a tough league to get into. And, um, you know, I had a great time there. I had great teammates. I, I, I had a great staff. And I made a lot of friends out there. Um, so what level, if you had to compare that to uh, here, is it, it, I don't think it's on the NBA level. Is it like a really good D1 or better than D1? Or where does that rank? Yeah, I mean, ACB League, as far as domestic leagues in Europe, I would say it's a top two, top three league for sure. You know, you got the, you got the Spanish League. You got the Russian League, the Turkish League, mm-hmm. uh, Italian League, um, German League, those those are probably the top five. You could throw maybe CBA in the top ten because, you know, they obviously bring a lot of good talent over there. Wow. Well, you know, as we wrap this up, I'm just kind of curious what your goals are for this season. Do you have any tangible, like, you know, even like box score numbers that you're, you want, you have goals for? Yeah, I, w- I want to lead the team in, uh, in offensive fouls drawn, you know, whether that's charges taken, um, you know, Illegal screen, like I, I, I like to fight over screens. I like uh, to use my toughness to fight over screens. I get a lot of illegal screens drawn because the defender doesn't have a choice, or the offensive player doesn't have a choice but to move to try to clip me. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to do as much as I can on the defensive end to, to, uh, to give us the most additional offensive uh, possessions. Okay, hey, the great answer, and I'd love to hear it. I don't know if I heard that answer, uh, you know, from anybody else that I've talked to. Uh, do you work on your defense when you're uh, with your trainer over the summer too, or are you just doing offense? Honestly, it's a, it's a lot of skill work and development, but you know, I work out with a lot of tough guys, and when we get to one on one, two on two, three on three, all the way to five on five, that's always a chance to to work on your offense because you're playing against other pros, you're playing against guys that are, you know, that are also, you know veterans in the game so it definitely gives me a chance to work on that as well awesome well brandon i can't thank you enough for coming on the show today and, and sharing us with us uh looking forward to keeping up with you too and yeah maybe you'll stop by again later in the year yes sir i'd be glad to come back i appreciate you guys having me on you got it thanks so much for coming on and, and don't forget sports fans at b-ball breakdown we're not a channel we're a conversation you in are you in brandon i'm all in man